It's going to be the Tony Tommy Tom Corps. Swiper Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. That was me two weeks ago for the 3M Open talking about uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Fino, and Tom Lehman. Two of which missed the cut, of course, so I think that means you just stop listening probably right now. But if you feel inclined to keep going, it is golf's first major of 2020. It is the PGA Championship in San Francisco at TPC Harding Park. As always, I'm bringing in Kyle Robert, and we're going to talk through each price range, a lot of uh, hot takes on straight bets, and um, why I'm going to play Tommy Fleetwood and Tony Fino again, of course. So yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. It's DraftKings preview of the PGA Championship. Here it is. here we did not we skipped last week because of me and well i had a busy week and was lazy as well so but i'm very happy to return with kyle robert uh we're doing golf's first major of the year it's the pga championship in san francisco at tpc harding park kyle how are you and um how you feeling about this week uh i'm good um, I wish uh, I was going to the tournament like I had tickets, but uh, yeah. you know, it, at least I have golf. I have sports like um, basketball and hockey are back in full force. So the uh, the man cave setup has been um, all systems go. It's been you know three, four, five games a night, whatever I can squeeze in. Hockey, basketball, baseball. Um, enjoying having sports back, even if it's not permanent, but. Uh, I'm excited to talk some talk a major. Obviously, this is the first major instead of the fifth, but um, here we are and here we go. Yeah, uh, like you were saying about the other sports being back, it's been uh, it's been enjoyable to have something some more live action other than just maybe PGA or uh, cornhole. Yeah. Um, and uh, I did hop in a DK contest last night for the NBA, which I, I do from time to time, um, and I will say that. What I really enjoy that I think they need to add to golf that I, I don't I don't believe they've implemented this is I don't get the little fire or ice emojis on my guys you know <laughs> and I don't I feel like they're discriminating against the PGA Tour so I'm like why I, I, it makes me feel better when I see the fire next to the name like oh <laughs> I, I just feel better emotionally and mentally about what's going on yeah but then we're gonna see all those ice cubes on our lineups and that's not gonna make us feel any better so I I know it's just it's nice it's a nice feature. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it for the PGA Tour this week. And um, as we do each week, we start at the bottom. I prepare a list of names and, and groups in each price range. I throw them out and say to Kyle, you know, which which one of these guys maybe best top two would you like for this group if you had to pick in this range, or do you not want this range altogether, or do all these guys suck and do you have uh, someone else you'd like? 
So we start at the bottom. Uh, and the first group is 6,400 uh, and below on DraftKings. And I will say this, Kyle. Um, this is the first major. And if you haven't played these before and you're not familiar and you're listening, this is where the pricing is just super soft. And you're yep. going to see a ton of names with numbers next to them that you're going, wow. And we're going to get to some of those next. And it, and it gets really tempting to set like 50 lineups or, or whatever, because there's so many permutations you can get where you feel like, I, I feel like I have six guys who could maybe even win. So um, yeah. it, it's it's really uh, it's really interesting to, to play these major contests. And uh, I'm going to be interested to get your thoughts here on some of these price ranges. So let's get into it with um, the first group. Sure. It is Sebastian Munoz, Robert McIntyre, Lucas Herbert, Nick Taylor, Carlos Ortiz, Jorge Campillo, and Steve Stricker. Your thoughts. So before we dive in, uh, I do have kind of uh, two mentalities this week. I have a Harding Park that plays really tough and kind of has a U.S. Open vibe and then maybe a little bit lower scoring. Um, and so I'm going to have some, some lineups that are a little more, uh, get on the fairway, you know, score from that kind of 150 to 200 range. Um, the, the short wedges are going to be important. The putting is going to be really important. Then I have the screw that let's bomb and gouge and get around this course as easily as we can. And obviously it's still going to be tough, but, uh, you know, there's going to be guys like Dustin Johnson that I'm going to have in some lineups. Um, and then other lineups where I'm going to avoid that. So I might kind of go back and forth on a couple of these, but um, I would kind of build your lineups to each of those ways. I wouldn't necessarily have a ton of crossover. I don't know what your thoughts are on, on kind of that mindset. I like what you said about kind of a U.S. Open comp. Um, I think that Harding Park has been played a few times. It was um, a WGC event a couple times, also a President's mm-hmm. Cup before. And I think... The big emphasis for me, and I do this every week, but I, I think it's fair to re-emphasize is T degree, ball striking, yeah. right? You yep. want guys who are putting themselves in position uh, to have the chance to score, and that's that's kind of the non-negotiable with golf. And if you're looking at stats and what correlates to to winning or you know finishing high, I, it's always going to be T degree, ball striking. I think is going to be more so than short game on average so and and just as an example like last week and i I look at this every week as i'm sure you do too but i pulled the strokes gain putting um for the week and the strokes gain t to green stats for the top 20 in the field and i think this might be interesting for you kyle there were one two three four five six seven eight nine guys in the top 20 that lost strokes and putting to the field, including the winner, Justin Thomas and Kepka. Yep. In that same group, um, only two guys had strokes lost T2 green. Um, and they had astronomical strokes game putting uh, to, to get them back in the top 20. But um, still, I, I think the point is that in order to score, in order to really put yourself in position, you need to be sharp T to green first and foremost. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm 100% with you. And obviously, if the putter gets really hot, then you can have a good week. But you need to be able to strike the ball well. You need to, you know, that, that tee to green game is important. And obviously, like you mentioned, there's 
certain instances, and there's going to be a guy that I'm going to talk about that's not great off the tee uh, that I'm kind of excited about. But yeah, for the most part, if your guys aren't scoring, especially in courses like where where the scores are going to be lower, where it's not a birdie fest, putting becomes a right. lot less important too. Like, or if the or if the putting surfaces is just really challenging, then guys that can't putt quite as well um, are are going to be a lot closer to the field in general. Um, so as long as they're hitting the ball well, um, scoring when they can, it's going to be they're obviously going to have a better shot this week. Yeah, and I think maybe a more recent example would be at Muirfield a few weeks ago when it was the second week and they uh, let the rough grow out. And you saw, I mean, if, if you were screwing around off the tee, you were done. And yep. it was just you weren't just not going to you weren't going to be able to save par most of the time. So. I think this being a major, they're going to uh, have those conditions with the rough and around the greens. You just need to be sharp uh, tee to green in order to kind of stay with it and get to the weekend and then contend as well. Yep. So of those names, Kyle, first of all, let me just ask you this. Do you want to mess around? Are you shopping in this range at all this week? I I will dabble. Um I am going to try and build some top heavy lineups. Obviously, you know, there's going to be a ton of really compelling cases, as you mentioned, with that soft pricing guys that were used to paying nine or 10 K that were getting in the mid sevens, uh, mid eights. And, and that's obviously going to be incredibly tempting. Um, I'm going to try and be very cautious treading into these waters uh, but uh, undoubtedly, I will find myself here at points. Okay. Um, is there one in particular that you liked in that group or anyone else? So I have a couple names. Uh, I like Steve Stricker. Um, yes. Uh, I, I don't know why, but when courses get hard, I keep finding myself going that way. Um, obviously, he's not going to crush it off the tee, uh, but he's going to do so much well kind of getting staying on the fairway getting to the green putting himself in chances and at 6100 you don't need him to win you just need him to make the weekend and obviously there's some questions about exactly uh what the cut line is looking like there was some top 65 in ties there was some top 70 i don't know that it's going to matter too much in terms of what i'm going to do in terms of my lineups but uh a little more wiggle room might make someone like Steve Stricker even more compelling, uh, but I'm I'm happy to play him. Uh, I like Danny Leah quite a bit. Uh, a little more um, off the tee game. Uh, a guy that can score well from the you know I'm looking at kind of the 400 to 450 par four. Some of the longer par fours, obviously from the tips this week. You know this is normally a 7200, 7300 course. Uh, it's going to play closer to 7,400, maybe a little bit longer than that, as is kind of the the assumption I'm taking. So that's why I want those long hitters. I think Danny Lee at, at 6,100, I believe, is a guy that I'm definitely interested in. Um, and then beyond them, there was one other guy. Uh, bear with me. Jess. Uh, uh, Nick Taylor. Nick, Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor, and that, that's another guy um, that I feel like we've talked about a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, when I'm looking at my stat model, doesn't have quite as many tournaments in a similar setup, but um, in the one, in the rounds he's played at, at a course similar, uh, he's done well. So he's somebody that 
I, I'm I'm looking at and, and potentially going to use this week. Yeah, I think my favorite two in this range as well are uh, Nick Taylor and Steve Stricker. That's too bad. Um, so, <laughs> but I, I I'll tell you why you like Steve Stricker. It's because um, his major uh, tournament resume is very impressive. You're just talking about making cuts. Yeah. Um, uh, it was since 2009 PGA where he missed the cut. He made 27 straight cuts in majors. That was broken at last year's PGA um, event. So um, that was the uh, that was the current uh, best on tour at the at the time. And then he's also 15 of 21 in PGAs. He has four top 10. So just a guy who he just gets it done in terms of consistency and getting to the weekends. And again, the price is so favorable that. That's all you kind of need him to do, and it just yep. create, creates a lot of cap for the rest of your lineup. So I, I, I'm with you on Stricker there. Um, he's also turned in some solid performances this season uh, since the comeback. So he's still got a little left in the tank for the old guy. And then um, Taylor, as you mentioned, uh, it will be his second major start, uh, both for him and Carlos Ortiz, their second major start. They both, uh, Ortiz tied for 52 in last year's U.S. Open, Nick Taylor tied for 43. So, um, but uh, again, Taylor, super solid ball striking, 22 on the season. He's also had a kind of a, a breakthrough career win at Pebble earlier in the year before the shutdown. So um, I, I like Taylor as well. And I think just maybe for a little bit of um, kind of under the radar, maybe low ownership. Well, all these guys would be pretty, pretty low ownership. But uh, the, the, the European tour player guys, um, just you don't see their names a lot lately in these contests that we normally play. So just to kind of make a few notes on Jorge Campillo, he's 19th in the race to Dubai. He's third. Um, it's his third PGA. He's 0 for 2 overall, 0 for 4 in majors, um, making cuts. He won his last time out in March at the Qatar Masters. Uh, it's actually probably his best career win. So, um, you know, if, if you're interested in that and kind of getting some of that Euro Tour flavor, maybe some uh, low ownership, I think Campillo makes some sense. And uh, it, it's it's a Herbert, Lucas Herbert. Um, he got his first pro win in January at the Omega Dubai Desert Classic, ranked third in the race in Dubai currently. Uh, he tied for 49 last week at the WGC. He's two for three in major cuts. He tied for 71 in the PGA last year. So, um, someone just, you know, maybe consider, uh, again, under the radar European tour player guys that we don't usually see week to week. And the other one, uh, I just want to say Robert McIntyre out of nowhere in his first and only major start ever. T6 in the Open Championship last year. So um, hmm, he tied for 59 last week at WGC. So he's been over here uh, practicing as well. Yep. And I like uh, some of the European guys, especially guys that have played and done well in like the Scottish Masters and the, the, the British and the, you know, obviously the Open Championship. And in courses that are going to be a little colder, maybe some wind, maybe some a um, little bit tougher conditions, uh, like your boy Alex Noren. Uh, obviously, we'll talk of him later, but. It is somebody that kind of sticks out of my mind like that, but just guys that have done well in in different conditions. And I think um, I'm kind of interested to see how this week goes because there's been so much kind of, you know, Midwest or kind of Southern uh, United States golf where it's warmer, where, you know, it's the hue more humid. This is going to be a, a pretty different, I mean, between 50s and 60s. It's going to be colder. It's going to be a little wind. Um, it'll be interesting to see how some of these players react to that weather change. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, and are, are you ready to get to the next range? Let's do it to it. 
65 to 6,700. The names I put out there are Lonto Griffin, Sepp Straka, Troy Merritt, Lucas Glover, Martin Keimer, and Yuse Luton. Uh, this is like... This is like most weeks. These guys are like 8K, and we're like all over them. We love Lonto. We play Sepp Straka. Uh, I'm, I love the glove. Like of the names you mentioned, the Lucas Glover definitely stands out um, as somebody I definitely will be using. Um, a couple other names in that range. I like Mackenzie Hughes quite a bit this week. Okay. Uh, he he scores well from 400 to 450. Uh, does pretty well 350 to 400. Um, you know, has done well in, in similar uh, style courses. I also like Jim Furyk in the 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 winning score is a little bit lower, not quite as much of a birdie fest uh, in the Steve Stricker mold of get around the course, uh, keep it in play, don't get in the rough. Um, you know, anti bobbing gouge and just putt well for four days. And um, Jim Furyk, like obviously coming off a win on the senior tour, obviously, but. Uh, you know, game looks good. He was playing the, um, you know, I, I think he's a guy that's kind of, uh, especially at his price, a, a name that won't, shouldn't kill you um, and, and should do enough to reward you for playing at his price tag. Yeah, and I think guys like um, like a Fierk, even like mm-hmm. a Stricker, I, I, don't, I don't know how much you're going to see them or even a lot of these guys put out driver this week. Um, yeah. A lot of cypress trees all along mm-hmm. the, the fairways on each side. I just don't, I, I don't envision a lot of, and there's also a lot of, um, there's not a lot of straight fairways, a lot of dog legs. And I just, I wonder if these guys are really going to try to spray it out there. And I, I just don't see it, but uh, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting either way. Uh, so I think for these guys, I just want to, I just want to remind you, Kyle, that Martin Keimer has more majors than Webb Simpson, Ricky Fowler, Hideki Matsuyama, Matt Kuchar, Tommy Fleetwood, Louis Hayes, and Mark Leishman combined. So. Correct, correct. <laughs> uh, but if Jack Nicholas, uh, ha- who has way more majors than all of them, uh, <laughs> were, to, were, to, were to tee it up this week, I don't think we'd be backing him either, right? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think <laughs> I think Keimer, and I, I don't, there's nothing to suggest that Keimer, you know, he's not necessarily playing well. He missed the cut at Barracuda last week. Yeah. Which is um, not good. Not not good. But although this could be a course, if if it's yeah. a little lower scoring, if it's not quite because like the Barracuda it was a little more birdies. This if it's not so yeah. much birdie fest, uh, maybe it's something that becomes in play. I don't know. I I'm not going there, but um, I I could I could understand someone trying to make the case for sure. Yeah, well, and it's just one of those things where I I don't think when he won his two other majors. Was anyone on him that week anyway? Like, no, I don't know. <laughs> no, so it's just like, well, hey, he's, he's, he's done it before. Uh, I don't really know why, and I'm not sure he knows why, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, uh, but yeah, I, I always love uh, seeing guys like that, like Martin Keimer. He has two major championships, and then you see all those other names I named, zero. Well, except Webb. Webb has one. Um, all right, well, I would say um, I might, just for that reason, if I'm picking this range, I might go with Keimer. Um, Sepp Straka, I think, been playing pretty well since the restart. Five of seven and cuts made. Uh, it's just his second major start. He's T twenty eight at last year's U.S. Open, so um, not a lot of experience, but was uh, relatively successful when he had that. Glover's a guy who I he's been playing really good over the last, let's say, like twelve to eighteen months. Maybe almost kind of kind of a mini renaissance in his career. But 
overall majors, 17 of 40 in cuts made. Yikes. I don't know. I don't know about that. But uh, since the restart, he is 5 of 6 in cuts made. He has 4 25s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a great case. Um, so, yeah, I think I like Glove and maybe uh, maybe Kimer, but let's just get out of here because I think it just gets more interesting as we move on. Let's do it. 68K to 7,000. The names I threw out there were Cameron Smith, Dylan Fratelli, Bern Wiesberger, Doc Redman, Joel Dahman, Red Hot Richie Boransky, and Christian Mazzadino. I uh, love this range. Uh, I'm going to feel the burn once again. Yeah. Uh, hoping I don't get burned once again. Uh, I'm out of burn puns, but um, <laughs> I like him this week. He's a guy that has done well in bigger tournaments, a guy that has plenty of experience in similar courses, a guy that I am just keep finding myself going back to. Uh, Joel Dahman um has he was really good last week and uh yeah. struggled a little bit i believe with putting but kind of figured it out and by the weekend was playing much much better so uh he he's definitely somebody that that interests me in this range um and then i'm going to i just saw him um cam champ he's in this range right or is he the next one? No, yeah, this range. Uh, Cam Champ, if you're going bombers, if you're going just rip it off the tee, he's somebody that absolutely stands out. Obviously, um, Northern California kid, so knows the area. Um, crushes it off the tee. And his other parts of his game, his around the green, his putting, his, his, his mid irons have actually gotten much better. Um, so he's somebody at 7K that I'm, I'm very, very much interested in. Okay, I, I think we're in agreement on Wiesberger. Um, we've talked about him a few times, but I think it's just fair to restate that, uh, again, has a lot of international success, and the next thing for him is to kind of come over here and compete in these bigger events. He has done that relatively well. He's 11 for 21 in major cuts made. His best was his best finish in a major was T15 in 2014 PGA. Um, he's a little shaky last week after uh, T26 at 3M, but... I think he's been over here now for about three or four weeks, so um, maybe settling it in. And I, I think, I think definitely has the upside um, in this range of like a top top ten. Really, I, I think he does. So, um, my, I, the other guy though too, I think I like um, is, I think I do like Zaydano. Um T twenty two Memorial, T twenty last week, as we've talked about since the restart. Those are probably the you know, toughest fields, the biggest events that we've seen so far. And he's another guy who's had some international success and, and um, he's coming over here now and trying to make a name for himself on the PGA tour. So those are some nice finishes uh, in those two events there. And he is, uh, it's only his second start in a major. And, and before I kind of move on there, are you looking at, when you look at, uh, say like Bezay to know, or we'll talk about some of these guys later, but maybe some of the younger guys who are inexperienced, in terms of majors, do you uh, do you consider that? Not really. I mean, it just it depends. If we're talking about like a Colin Morikawa or a Victor Hovland, no. Okay. Um, a little lower on the list, maybe. Um, it just depends. Like if I've seen them 
play well or well enough uh, in fields because obviously you know you know it's not a major field, but if you play some WGCs, you play some tournaments with the big boys, especially since the restart where a lot of the big boys were playing a lot of these tournaments early. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I I feel like they're 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 getting their feet wet. They they've been in those. Obviously, you know, it, it, we're talking DraftKings plays. If we were talking outright bets, I might be a little more standoffish. Sure. Um, but for in terms of DraftKings scoring, I think they can absolutely handle it, even if it comes with, uh, you know, they're they're in second heading into Sunday and then they finish like 11th or whatever. Um, one guy I did want to mention before we get out of this range is is Matthias Schwab. Um, this is a guy that has finished fourth in the WGC, 42nd in the WGC, is coming off of uh, 32nd at the 3M. Um, putting has not been there his last couple tournaments, but if he can figure it out a little bit, mm-hmm. um, everything else is kind of where it needs to be. He, he's decent off the tee. His approach game was really good last week. Um, a guy that I think could make a compelling case. I think 6,900. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, and I, and I wanted to, uh, I kind of overlooked him a little bit. I didn't throw him in the group. I apologize. Um, and, uh, also red, red hot. Richie, um, hasn't missed a cut since the restart and coming off the win at Barracuda. So, um, he's just kind of come out of nowhere. It's his, uh, third start in a major. He's over two in making cuts so uh, i think definitely got to watch here I, I i think he'll be i would think he'd be relatively popular uh from the community this week so uh and what do you want to do what, what do you do with our boy doc here what, what do you think i mean he to me feels like one of the widest range of outcomes obviously at 6900 you know he's 400 to one to win this tournament like the way he was playing a couple weeks ago, like there's no way that you get those numbers. Um, I, he feels like a real wild card. If you feel comfortable with your other pieces in a GPP and you want to shoot for the moon and know that you could hit the ground and splatter, uh, Doc's definitely somebody. But with the pricing this week and with the other names kind of in the similar range, it's going to be hard for me to get there. Okay. Uh, Richie or Doc? I think I'm going Doc. I think Richie is going to get a little more a little more uh, attention because of the recent form, and I feel like this could be a spot where, you know, we've seen guys like Richie Warinski where they get really hot for a couple weeks and then reality smacks him in the face a little bit um, and, and kind of goes back to normal. And, but I've said that before about other guys, and They've stayed hot, so you know I, I could look dumb, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Young Doc. Yeah, my, it's it's hard to maintain that level of play, even no matter how confident. I'm sure he's one of the most confident guys on tour right now, but um, it's kind of just hard to kind of keep uh, sustaining that. So, all right, let's keep moving on because it just gets more intriguing and more intriguing with uh, some of the prices and the names here. Seventy-one hundred to seventy-four hundred. The names I threw out there. Kevin Streelman, Ian Poulter, Matt Wallace, Harris English, Ben Ahn, Henrik Stenson is making an appearance, Joaquin Neiman, and Bubba Watson. How about Bubba Watson being in this range, huh? It's, uh, yeah. it's quite quite a quite a fall. Obviously, he's 
played a lot since the restart, and I think want to say like eight or ten tournaments in a row or something crazy. Uh, he's been playing a lot, so I I don't know how to quantify it. I don't know how to like kind of take that into account. But uh, if you're looking at people who can crush it off the tee and kind of figure stuff out after that, uh, he's definitely someone that interests me. Um, Harris English is a guy that pops a lot uh, in my model um, and has uh, historically putt really well on, uh, I believe we're on bent this week, right? Bent? I believe so. Uh, yeah, we're on bent. So yeah, he's he's traditionally a guy that's that's kind of, uh, putted really well. Obviously, you can't, you know, quantify that on a week-to-week basis. Sometimes it comes, sometimes it goes. But um, definitely somebody that interests me, and uh, at his price tag, could be, could be a nice pivot. Um, and then we still, yeah, we're still in 74. Ches Revi. This is a guy who's pl- coming into the for- uh, coming into this tournament playing well. I don't expect him as a, a guy who can outright win it. But if he's like seventh or eleventh and uh, at seventy four hundred dollars, uh, I'm gonna feel really good about his finish. Yeah, good tee to green guy is Ches when he's on. Um, okay. Yeah, and these names, it's just so uh, like you said, like Baba. Uh, he's kind of been all over the place a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, but um, still, you just see him with the upside he has. Um, it's still there, I think, and I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's in a, a late tee time on Sunday as well the one guy I, I think i i don't know why i always revert back to this person in in in, in majors because he gets this soft price is stenson and i i just i feel like he's not done i feel like he has another major left in the tank um and i'll just tell you the, the, these major records so in his career 41 of 54 in cuts made 13 top 10s. Um, he t- he T9 at last year's U.S. Open. Um, and he actually made, he made the cut in all four U.S. Opens, or sorry, all four majors last year. And that was kind of a significant factor because he was coming off an elbow injury in 2019. And he was kind of just, he wasn't playing a, a continued full schedule. Um, but he started playing a lot better as the year went on. And he was a guy that finished in strokes games approach on 2019 first in tour this is one of the best iron players out there anyway you could tell he just got that that form back and that just that dart throwing ability back and he's, he's just one of the best iron players there is so i just feel like this is a guy who he's he's good on any course he can score on any course um doesn't need a driver at all he's probably gonna break out that three wood um so i i don't know it, tell me i'm crazy I'm not going to tell you that. In fact, I'm going to tell you that my model absolutely loves him. He's eighth in strokes gain total. Uh, he's 19th tee to green. He putts really well uh, on the surface um, and pretty much is like top 20, top 30 in every category, putting around the green, approach, off the tee, strokes gain. The only one where he's not is, is around the green, but uh, he's still top 50 there. So he is somebody that, like I said, he's eighth overall. So um, I'm I'm a hundred percent on board. And in fact, I'm going to star him right now because he will be in my lineup. Yeah, I, I just feel like he's my favorite uh, building block, if you will, this week. Yeah, um, love it. He, he he's a great price. He's got the he's got the floor. He's got the ceiling. Um, great percentages of cuts made that I just uh, did in majors. I just told you about. Um, and he also, you know, he just popped back in the U.S. for his first event. 
last week in the WGC. Um, not, no rounds over par. I think he was T or T35. So again, he just kind of shows up and he can kind of do his thing. So um, he's my favorite pick in this range for sure. And then um, I think probably I, I might go back to Matt Wallace. We've talked about him a number of times this year. Uh, he, Mr. Mr. Wallace, is four for eight in major cuts made. His best finish ever was a T3 at the PGA last year. Um, any more thoughts on these guys? Maybe a little Ben on, maybe a little Ian Poulter? I kind of like Danny Willett. Um, okay. He was an absolute mess last week at the St. Jude, so that that is concerning to me. Uh, but last year, finished 12th in the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. He was 6th at the Open Championship. Um, very similar weather conditions, very similar course style, very similar ex- my, my, my kind of expectations. Obviously not a huge bomber, but uh, should be able to do well enough to kind of, if, he, if the rest of his game were it needs to be, can absolutely get you a top 10, top 15 um, this week. Yeah, and Willett is definitely a kind of a renaissance guy. Um, he had a, had a tough stretch where he was, I think, battling some back injuries. But um, he's been playing really well the last six months or so. Um, so he's, he's a guy who, again, guy who, this guy who won a Masters. So um, when, he's, when he has his game right, um, he can compete anywhere. And now let's go to just – this is straight 75K. I, I gave the five guys who are all – Price at seventy five hundred, and I want one of them. Kyle. If you had to pick, Mark Leishman, Shane Lowry, Matt Kuchar, Paul Casey, Matthew Wolf. You can make great cases for all of them, I think. But if you had to, which one? Woo. Uh, okay. So here is my here is where my head's at. I guess. Sure. What, the, I have two options for you. If you're looking for safety, you're looking for reliability, and you want somebody who can finish in the top 15-ish, top 20, uh, Matt Kuchar is absolutely that answer. Uh, yep. I think he, he fits so much of what this course is going to want and uh, can can do really well. And um, I don't expect him to win, but I expect him to be kind of in that, oh, look who's in the top 10 on Sunday. Uh, if you want a guy who has upside but also has kind of a lot of downside is Shane Lowry. Um, he's won an open championship. He <laughs> checks a lot of boxes. He, um, really, really interests me. Um, but you know, he has a lot of volatility too. So be ready for him to both get you a top five or a win and miss the cup. Yeah. It was funny when I was putting together uh, the post this week for the website and that is fake Make sure you go, go look at that up. And I was putting together the little like major history table and I was trying to track who won all the majors last year and I I, I had a double take and I went Shane Lowry won the Open Championship last year? <laughs> I was like wait did I not when did this happen? I, I, I totally blacked out and did not remember this and I, I had to look it up I confirmed it in three different places because I was like did this really happen? <laughs> uh, so yeah and I was like okay that no, that happened and I, I kind of do remember it now because it was kind of turned into a, a boat race I mean he had like a four or five shot lead and just never really uh, relinquish it at all. So, um, but that was interesting. I, I thought, oh yeah, that happened. Okay, twenty uh, twenty has been weird. Um, I time, time, everything. I can't, I can't remember anything from twelve months ago. So, uh, yeah, I agree with your 
assessment on the volatility versus kind of the floor with guys like Kucher and Casey maybe. Now, Yeah. Casey, Casey in his last 20 majors, he's made 16 cuts. Yep. Eight have finished inside the top 20. Kucher in his last 20 made 17 cuts. Ten finished inside the top 20, um, including he had three last year that were um, inside the top 20 as well, and that includes a T8 in the PGA. So um, it's not just, you know, it's, it wasn't just a bunch of a bunch of them from five years ago. Um, he's still playing at a high level. Um, so I, I think, again, the floors with those guys are really nice. Lowry, like you talked about, with the upside. Uh, where, where would you put, if you had to say Leishman or Wolf, which one of those? Uh, Matty Wolf? First major, has... first major start for Matty Wolf. Yes. But he's he's more in that Morikawa Hovland bucket. Like I've seen him go to Taylor Bryson. I've seen him be in the conversation with some of these big dogs. Um, so he's got some comfort there. So I'm fine going there. Um, I guess it would depend. Like if if I'm going if I'm going pure driver and I'm going Bubba and DJ and some of those guys, I probably go Wolf. Um, if I'm going a little more balanced, I'm I'm probably go Leishman, but I'm honestly fine rocking with both of them. Okay, yeah, and I again I, I agree. I don't think um, I think you make a strong case for everyone in this 75k range. I, my favorite pick would probably be uh, good old Matt Kuchar. He, he's he's got to win a major at some point, right? Does he have no? Does, does no. he have the he's... does he have the does he have the belt, Kyle? Does he have the best player currently to never win a major? Does he have that belt? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's kind of the always the bridesmaid, never the bride. He's he's a guy that is going to be an amazing player, and he's going to put up a lot of stats. But uh, when it comes, he's he's kind of like Craig Biggio. Like Craig Biggio is a Hall of Famer <laughs> in baseball and racked up all these numbers and had three thousand hits and all this stuff. But when you think about him among the elite players, you never like, oh, he was actually the best at this point. Like he was never that guy. Um, but he's always right there. He's always in the conversation. He's always a guy that, oh, yeah, remember on Sunday when it was uh, Tiger and Phil and Matt Kuchar? Um, you know, and, and, you know, Kuchar's like seventh. But, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that I don't expect him to ever win a major. Um, but he's always a guy that uh, does really well and is kind of, oh, there he is on the leaderboard come Sunday. Is Paul Casey the European version of Matt Kuchar? <laughs> Uh, actually, I think the guy that I'm going to talk about in the next range is is probably that guy. But uh, that's that that's hilarious. You better not be talking about who I'm. You better you better not. I'll just let. Oh, let's we're going there. We're let's going mo- there. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's get to this. Is 7600 to 7900? How dare you? If I if I think I know what you're going to do, um, it is Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Phil Mickelson, Sanjay M. Abraham answer. My. Uh, fantasy boyfriend Tommy Fleetwood, Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, and Tony Finau, which he's kind of my—he might be the American version of Tommy Fleetwood. All right, anyway, <laughs> all right, wh- what are you gonna do here? Hold on. So, so just think about this. Like these are guys we were arguing whether we should pay 11k, 10k, <laughs> not too long ago. Now we're paying seven. Like right. you could you could create a whole lineup with guys in, in this range that it, it's just wild to me. Uh, but the guy I was referring to was Louis Oosthuizen. Okay, uh, okay. All right. Seventy six hundred. This is a guy that has finished second in every major. Uh, a guy that t- 
typically is in that top like 10 to 12 to 15 range in the biggest tournaments he this guy shows up um uh, in my model he's third in strokes gain total fourth tee to green third ball striking eighth off the tee fifth on approach like he he checks all the boxes and at 7600 i i love him and the fact that he's going to be in the range with Ser- sung jay and sergio and fleetwood and um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a bunch of these names, but like, I feel like no one's going to go there and, and I'll, I'll look on, on Thursday when, when Millie maker lineups lock and he's going to be like 27% owned and I'm going to look like an idiot, but <laughs> he feels like tremendous value. Um, and then if I'm not going there, or even if I am going there, uh, I kind of like Jordan speed this week, Bobby career grand slam, right? It's, he, we're going to, we're going to get reminded about it 45 times. He is a wild range of shank off the tee, beautiful iron shot that is like three feet from the pin, uh, but he'll miss that, and then he'll be 25 feet from the pin, and he'll drain that for eagle. It'll, it, you, you can't really, like, it's going to be hard to watch it, um, but the, there's going to be a lot of people having issues off the tee. There's going to be a lot of, pe- lot of people having tough iron shots. There's going to be a lot of people putting from 17 to 20 feet for, for birdie or for par. Um, and if I'm talking about the plastic, if I'm talking about those short to mid irons, I love Jordan Spieth. Um, and he's a guy that, you know, could easily, could miss the cut. Like, that's definitely in his range of outcomes. But, like, as you mentioned, a career grand slam um, is absolutely on the table. And, you know, looking at his DK price looking at his outright prices um i think i'm gonna find myself going there a little more than than i traditionally do because i'm not a guy that usually goes there like i'm i'm usually a fade jordan spieth guy uh just because of the price because of the ownership because of whatever um but it looks like at least as of now um that ownership isn't going to be crazy high and the price is absolutely palatable no i i think well first before i get to spieth uh I, let me just say, I, I agree with you on Hazen, but I, I've officially, he's one of those guys I, I refuse to play anymore. I can't do it. Um, I've just divorced him from my fantasy life because, again, he's one of those guys, everything you laid out, he looks perfect. The profile's great. And I look at it and I go like, oh, he's he's made, he's 15 of 15 in cuts made. Why am I not, what am I doing here? Like, this is the most rock solid, you know, high floor guy you can play. And then of course it's 15 of 16 cuts the next week. So <laughs> it's, it's and then it just it's the week I pick them it's, it's over. So I can't do it. Um, and I, I thought you were gonna go after Tommy Fleetwood. So that was gonna maybe maybe make me end the phone call if uh, you did that. So I'm glad that that's what we did. Very yeah, happy. I couldn't do I couldn't do that to Tommy Elitewood. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, he, even he's though, absolutely he, somebody that uh, I like by the way um, and has a ton of success um, playing tournaments like this and with a couple missed cuts obviously he figured it out a little bit last week at the wgc ended up getting 35th but um i think his ownership won't be as crazy and i'll i'll i have the uh the ownership pulled up so i can give you a number on him yeah it's looking like 10 percent um so that's you know i don't know top top third maybe of of people using him this week so He's not in that. He's not in the like the 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 upper echelon where it's going to be crazy ownership. But 
um, yeah, I think he's definitely somebody that uh, will garner some interest for me as well. I'll happily contribute to that 10% myself. Um, he's made 11 cuts in a row in majors. Five of those have been inside the top 20. So I think he's he's a big event guy. And uh-huh. kind of going back to speed like you talked about, even though he may not be at the level he was when he was ripping off majors or won the Open back in 17, which is his last major win, um, been a little been struggling a little bit still um he's eight of nine in cuts made in his last mate in, in the last nine major starts um in latin and that's his last year too when he wasn't playing his best top 25s in three majors last year including uh the pga which he was t3 so i think there's certain guys who are just they're they're big event guys they're definitely major event guys this is what they're playing for mostly yeah, they want to win every week they play, for sure. But there's certain guys who just have that extra gear, I think, from these big events. And Speed is one of those guys. He just has a great resume. Um, he he doesn't, doesn't miss a lot of cuts in majors overall. Um, so I, just, I, I love going back to him here. I think, I think you would, I would agree. Uh, winning upset. I think it's there. Yep. Yep. Uh, I love it. And then, again, in this range, you know, a guy like Rose, who's on record talking about, like, basically at this point in his career, he's just playing for majors. That's just kind of what he's, he said that. He's like, I'm, that's really what my my focus is. I mean, yeah, I want to win events, but he's been on record. I am playing for major championships. He's 16 of 20 in cuts made in his last uh, major starts. 11 of those have been T20 or higher. So, I think it speaks for itself. There's a lot of extra motivation for certain guys like him in these weeks, and it shows. Yeah. Um, I love Justin Rose. I think in terms of elite play, he absolutely has it. Um, I just, like, since March 1st, miscut, miscut, third, 14th, miscut, miscut, miscut. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's broken. I don't know. Like, his putting hasn't been there. His around the green game hasn't been there. His tee to green hasn't been there. Uh, at the Workday Charity Open, he lost 9.6 strokes to the field. He lost two last week at the Memorial, or the, or two weeks ago, I guess, at the Memorial. Um, he obviously took the week off, so hopefully that'll help him kind of get his mind right. And as you mentioned, he's a guy that t- traditionally pops, so... I feel like if you want to take a shot on him, I feel like the, if he pops, you're going to be one of the very few people on him. But um, there's definitely cause for concern there, for sure. I The form, I, you're right. And there's really no um, way around some of those finishes you just rattled off. But would you agree um, with my premise that there's guys who just – with the major events, they just kind of rise to the top a little bit more, and they're they're more wired for those events, I think, than the other guys. And he's one yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, his career tra- trajectory has that in the cards. This is a guy that was third at the U.S. Open um, in, in Pebble Beach, very similar kind of setup, very similar area. He was 20th at the Open Championship, uh, very similar setup, very similar type area. Um, you know. His game fits really well. I just don't know if his game is where it needs to be to be a top 15, top 20 kind of guy this week. Um, but obviously, yeah, his he has win the tournament upside. Um, and at his price tag, that's incredibly compelling. 
Yeah, and that's I, and that's why I kind of, I think for some of these guys, whether it's a Rose, or a Spieth, or maybe even like a Kapka, which obviously played really well last week, but overall since the restart has been all over the place, I kind of almost throw some of the stuff out the window as far as recent play and just go, all right, this is different. This is a major championship, and these guys are gonna just approach this different mentally. And I think they're, uh, it's just how I view it with some of these guys. So I think he's one of them. Uh, do you want to talk about Phil Mickelson at all? Uh, I kind of do. Uh, I, I, I don't, I, I, another guy that I don't like to go to. Like, I just, I always feel like he's overpriced, overowned, overtargeted. Uh, but this is a guy that just kills Bay Area golf. This is a guy that, um, dominates the AT&T loves this area loves where they're going to be playing um and actually in terms of like recent form has been kind of like you know we talked about kind of a late career resurgence but he's absolutely in that bucket like he's playing some good golf he was he was uh second at the saint at the wgc a big tournament with big field um you know played well at the travelers um, you know, Workday Memorial were kind of, you know, not not great. And all, but obviously, like the, he started better. So if he can put four rounds together, um, I, I think he could be interesting. And especially like not only does he have the track record, but maybe you know he's a little older now. Uh, being able to play in the cooler weather, being able to kind of work his magic with his flop shots and um, his his imagination. Know, yeah, and and not get worn down by the 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 southern heat. Uh, maybe he can last a little longer, and four rounds is is in play. And um, I I, I kind of like me some like this whole range is incredibly like Sung Jay all of a sudden figured it out last week after just being an absolute train wreck. Um, you know, Adam Scott. Like, what do we do with Adam Scott? We haven't seen him play at all. Um, but I feel like if he had played the last couple tournaments, we'd be talking about him in, you know, the the high, the mid to high eight hundred eight thousands instead of where he is. Um, you know, obviously his betting price is fifty five to one, um, a lot closer to the upper range than than where he is right now. Um, you know, is he somebody you're even looking at, or are you going to let somebody else kind of let him? have a terrible first tournament back and then go from there. I I think if I was choosing in this range between Scott or say answer or M, um, I think I would go with the track record and the experience. I think Scott is one of those guys like I talked about Rose. Um, just in terms of major championship performance, his last 20, he's made 16 cuts. 10 of those have been, um, t20 or higher so you know it's just i think there's these guys who they've kind of done it all at a certain point in their careers and um they, they kind of just they know how to play and win in these events and contend and i think i think they're just comfortable so i, I mm-hmm. if i i would go with that as my kind of narrative or my kind of final criteria if i had to choose between say him and like an in or an answer who doesn't have maybe the experience in some of these events uh, just quite yet. Yeah, and if he's, uh, you know, I, it sounds like he's been in the Bay Area playing some golf. 
Uh, obviously, he's been surfing and playing golf and doing all the stuff he normally does anyway, so it's not like he's coming in off an injury or has been, you know, sidelined for some reason. He's coming in, um, in, in, in theory, you know, peak form. is obviously a guy that has contended and, and played well in majors, so um, I don't expect the pressure to get to him. So he's definitely somebody that I'm, I'm looking at, but I don't, I don't know. You know, it's just you really have to make some hard stands this week, um, and even if it means kind of pivoting on players that you you kind of think have definitely have the ability or the potential to uh, to fire off on a, a good week. Yeah, and and before we get out of the next range, we got to mention Phil has those aviators now too. So I mean, it's just another another layer to the Mickelson uh, onion. His his career trajectory has just been a wild one, like. <laughs> The, the, from early early Phil and late Phil are like in two different completely different people. Um, you know his his social media game is just incredible, and um, <laughs> I, I've definitely come around a lot more on him than, than I thought I would. So uh, here we are. Will he ever join the Champion Store? <laughs> I think he will. I think he, he'll be out there and he just wants to hit bombs. And if he can outdrive, you know, uh, all these guys by 50, 100 yards, he's going to be living it up and. Uh, he'll have his aviators on. He'll bring his cup of coffee on the course. Like, you don't care. He's just going to be doing what he does. And um, if it means he can play some Bay Area golf and, and you know, play the Masters, uh, he's going to be living life. Yeah, I feel like he's going to be on the PGA Tour for at least till like, 57 years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he'll be he'll be like – I think he'll be, like, kind of like what Furyk's doing, where Furyk will yeah. show up for these bigger tournaments. But then, like, you know, if it's a, a birdie fest and he doesn't want to travel to wherever – um, you know, he'll, he'll he'll play some of the senior tour or he'll go over to Dubai and, and, and collect a check and, and show up and shake some hands and kiss some babies and uh, keep it rolling. That is uh, that is right. I, I agree. Um, all right. The 8K range. This is just the entire range. It's uh, quite the crew. Daniel Berger, Kyle Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Hideki Masuyama, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Patrick Reed, and Terrell Hatton. Is Jason Day fixed? Because it sure seems like he's fixed. Uh, yeah, maybe. The, I mean, they, they always, they never stop talking about how he bends down to pick up his tee and grimaces. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but he's also coming off of three straight top tens. Yep. Um, has he the last AT&T back in February, which is a similar area, similar course, was fourth. Uh, you know, the, he didn't play the U S open last year. Um, but I kind of feel like he might be, you know, maybe not back to where we thought he could be among the elite elite. Uh, but he's playing really well. His ownership is probably going to be crazy. I can look at what it might, uh, what they're projecting right now. Yep. Like, they're saying like 12%. So he's in the top, you know, like eight or 10 names. Um, and I think it could be even higher than that, but, uh, but back he's to like, somebody back to like a legitimate, like top 30 player in the world, I'd say. Right. Yeah. Like he's in that, like Justin Rose, yeah. maybe Adam Scott, maybe Matt Kuchar, maybe Patrick Cantlay, like kind of in that range. Sure. Well, sans Cantlay, you can't, Cantlay's a, he's too good. Is he? <laughs> I, we're going to find out this week. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like, I feel like. Cantlay's ability can't I mean this is a whole nother discussion but like in terms of ability in terms of when he plays his best golf obviously he's better than any of those names but on like a week-to-week basis like 
Patrick Cantlay. I mean, I guess like if you, yeah. I mean, he won. Let's see, he won Memorial. He was top right. twenty in every tournament outside of like two or I guess four um, over the last ten. He's got top thirties in two of them, top forties in the other two that he was in top twenty. So, yeah, I, I Cantlay's probably a, a tier above, but. Um, I don't know. Recently, yeah. I mean, Cantley's just kind of ascended a little bit the last eight to ten months. He's just kind of a top – I mean, he's top ten player in the world. So um, he's just kind of – he's kind of crescendoing at the moment. Um, but I, I'm, I'm very curious to see uh, how he does this weekend. I, I will uh, – I'll be uh, dabbling with him quite a bit. But uh, before we – we're going to get to him in a second. This range, the 8K – Besides Day, is I mean, is he your favorite play here? It's tough. Hideki, it's tough. Hideki is incredibly t- tempting. Um, I, I'm always a, a Ricky Fowler person. I always go there. I always have. Um, and his last four tournaments, 12th, 22nd, miscut, 15th. Um, so he's starting to play much better. Um, you know, his approach game... Even when he got a, t- a 22nd in the in the workday, uh, was still minus 2.1 strokes. That's not great. Um, putting has been much better, but he's not like ab- abnormal. Like it's not like where he, uh, in the waste management where he gained almost five strokes. Like he's been kind of around one. Um, Ricky Fowler is definitely someone that interests me, but yeah, I think Hideki is another guy. It's yep. hard because normally I ex- I need these guys to like legit win or be pretty close yeah um and at this price tag i feel like there's a lot more room for okay give me a top 12 and i'm and i'm gonna be really happy yeah um i agree with that and i agree with hideki um still 14th currently on tour this season in ball striking third and servicing his approach uh he's always all over the place with his putter but um again he puts himself in really good position a lot most of the time so i think we both agree that's the type of profile you want uh, yeah. in a in a tournament like this so i i like decky um hatton we've talked about a few times statistically it's just elite this season uh as far as his game 13th in ball striking 11th in strokes game approach eighth in strokes game putting so um just as far if you're looking for all around game and he coming off a huge win um, before the shutdown of Arnold Palmer. I think a guy who's really ascending is one of the top players in the world. So um, love him. And then Berger uh, has been, he got the first one out of the restart as, as we know. And um, statistically also really sharp all around 25th in ball striking 24th in strokes game approach 14th in strokes game putting. Um, I, I, I don't know. I can't really say a bad thing about him. I feel like he's got to have a, a tons of confidence. Uh, he's played some of the best, been arguably one of the best since the restart. So um, I also say this: if you're, if you're having to choose between, say, like a a burger, burger Fowler. Fowler for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Hatton or Fowler. Fowler for me. Hatton's closer. It'd be it'd be Fowler, Hatton, Burger for me. Okay. Yeah. No. It's me, it's look, uh. Go ahead. I was gonna say. Let me ask you this though. Yeah. Is there a world where you build a lineup with just the 8K guys? 
Like maybe you like Adam Scott seventy eight hundred, so you can include him. You could even go down to say Sung Jay or Phil. Um, but like there's a you can build a lineup. See, you know, I I just did it really quickly, but I like you can go Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed. Uh, those are all 8K guys, and then Adam Scott, Phil Mickelson, and then go all the way up to Patrick Cantlay. Like that's is that you know a lineup that you're that you would even consider, or maybe even go a couple more of the 8K guys. So like you can do 8700. So you go Berger and you know Hideki. Well, so you go Hideki, Berger, Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day. Well, let, to answer your question, let me just say let, let's just unveil let's let's unveil the rest of these players which is the 9k and above because <coughs> there's only i want to say 10 guys left yeah and it's dustin tiger patrick cantlay weber 9ks and then five figures jt brooks rory rom bryson and xander i'll just i'll just ask you this are you playing anyone in five figures yeah hell yeah uh, JT will be in lineups. Brooks will be in lineups. Uh, Rory is somebody that kind of burned people last week, so I'm really compelled to go there. Um, John Rahm is is amazing, and I think Bryson could either win this tournament by like eight shots or uh, completely collapse. <laughs> be out um, of it. <laughs> he had another another run in with the same rules official last week, which uh, gave me a good chuckle. Um, but yeah, no these. There, I, I, I can tell you one thing. I'm not playing Xander, and I know that might be dumb, um, but I feel like everyone's going there. He's on that 10K list, uh, but just so. Um, and, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about upside, like Xander could absolutely do it, but he could go out Thursday or Friday and shoot three over and take himself out of the tournament for the weekend. So uh, I, when there's so much volatility, so much potential in all these names... Uh, he's just—he's just not somebody I can go to. And then, and then we have Eldrick. You know, what do we do with Tiger? Is, is his putter going to be hot? And is he going to live up to kind of? I mean, this is a guy that I've seen make amazing shots at Pebble Beach and and play really well in Bay Area. Um, you know, is he a guy that we're comfortable? And then DJ, like Dustin Johnson, nine kick. Like, when he shaved, he shaved his beard off, and it was jarring to look at him. Like I didn't know what to do. Um, <laughs> But, like, Dustin Johnson could easily win this tournament. And at 9K, like, if I'm building my bomb and gouge lineup, Dustin Johnson will be a prominent men- member of that. Yeah, so I I think kind of going back to, you know, can you build your lineup with AK guys and all this stuff? I What we talked about, I think, I think it was for the Memorial because that was the most uh, loaded field so far. Yeah. And my thing was this it was like look i i think in terms of winning upside i would say relatively speaking it's not the exact same but i would say even even almost i would include most of the 8k range guys this week i would say their upside for winning relatively similar to all of these guys so if i believe that to be true which i do so like for example dustin johnson I believe he has a, a relatively similar upside to Brooks Kepka or Rory for winning this tournament. If that answer is yes, then I absolutely think you can start off with, you know, four guys or three guys in the 8K range or, yeah, I, I absolutely do. And for me, 
unless I'm absolutely convinced the winner is going to come from the 5K range or those six guys, and, and I, I, I absolutely like say I, I go look, Rory's my pick, he's going to win, and I, unless I'm absolutely convinced of that, uh, I'm not going to play any of these guys in the the 5K range because I just I think you can get you can build lineups, um, you can build lineups with four guys in the 9K range if you want to this week uh, and get away with it. So I have a lot of lineups that start off with like, Cantlay, DJ, um, you know, go to go to oh and Tommy too. Like it's a 7700. So um, no, I'm I'm big on the guys in the 9K ranges. I think I can get the winner still, just like you did at the Memorial with John Rahm, right? He was, I think, 9,300 roughly. So yeah. if I think I can peg the winner in that range, which I, I believe I can, I want to use that because we got to pick six guys, Kyle. We're not picking, you know, one to win. We got to get six guys to be productive. So I'm going to take advantage of the, of the price. These are these are statistical pieces of meat to a degree. Yep. And I'm just I'm just going for the I'm going for the bat. Yep, and I totally get that. Um, but that's why I'm going to be interested in like some of the Millie Maker lineups or some of my bigger MME tournament lineups. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be a little different and and see if I can't make it happen uh, with some of the some of the more expensive guys. Who's your favorite of the four nine K guys? Uh, Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and, I, and that's gonna probably kill me because, like, I've been on him. At I was on him at the Travelers, and he was rewarded me tenfold. Uh, but I was also on him. Uh, I forget the, uh, the the other two tournaments where he was like a combined like twenty seven over or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so it, it's been it's a real wild ride with him. So you have to be ready for the the peaks, but also the valleys. Um, but in terms of upside, price, potential reward, uh, I'm not sure it gets much better than him this week. Yeah, I think it's blasphemy, but I think actually Tiger would be my least favorite of the group to play. I don't yeah, know. Um, and it's funny too because Webb Simpson's a guy that I I'm I've been all over this season, but like is garnering zero interest from me this week. Okay, I I mean I love lineups. Starting with like Webb, Cantlay, and DJ, you can you can totally do that. Yeah. Um, so and see, I think that's interesting too because you're 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 not starting in that 8K range, but you're still starting with a little bit of savings and and getting some elite players. Like even if you went even if you're a big Xander, if you went Xander, Cantlay, Dustin Johnson, like I think that's an absolutely uh, great start. And then with the soft pricing as you get towards the bottom. I think you can absolutely build a build a, a really competitive roster that way. Okay. Does the winner come from the five K range? Yes. The five sorry, five figure. Five, five figure, figure, yes. Yes it does. And and who who may be that for you? Brooks is gonna win this tournament, isn't he? <laughs> I, I he seems to again, this is one of those things where we talked about a little bit ago. Uh there's certain guys who are just kind of built for the bigger events mentally. Yeah. And yeah. he's just, yeah, like I, he's totally one of them to me. And I'm, I'm never going to be surprised, you know, me or not. Uh, we saw what he was able to do last week. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just kind of throw out there too. He lost almost three strokes putting <laughs> to yeah. the field. And he, and he got second. Yeah. 
I mean, and so, he I still mean, gained eight, over eight strokes on the in the tournament. Yeah. So, so I mean, again, like, and, and that was, and that's including that bomb he nailed on. I mean, that had to be like a fifty foot putt, I think, on sixteen or seventeen to like get him within a yeah. stroke or two. But so, look, I yeah, Brooks is a guy who just has the, he just has the confidence. He has the mental makeup to uh, to to take these down. So I I absolutely am in on that. Uh, I don't know that I I would pick him. Um, do you have a, do you have a from a, a straight outright um, betting market in terms of uh, odds that you like, uh, maybe maybe two or three that you like in terms of that? I mean, uh, so that's my thing right here. So I'm, I'm going on. I love. I think Brooks Kepka wins the tournament. I think uh, everything sets up for him to win the tournament. But for me, from a pure betting perspective, I have such a hard time starting at anything inside 20 to 1. Like, yeah. I just I just can't get there. Like, I just – and, like, even last like last week, I was looking at Justin Thomas. He was, like, 9.5 to 1 on Sunday morning before the tournament. And I was like, that is such a good number. He was 10 to 1 to start the tournament. Why am I not betting this? And I'm like, well, it's 9 to 1. He's four shots back. I'm not – and, of course, he wins. But um, It's just no fun. <laughs> well, and it's just like, and and maybe it's crazy, but it's just like, it's really hard. Like even I, last week, I was trying to be practical, and I bet Rory was my guy inside. I think I got him at eleven or twelve, and and then I had Fino and uh, forget Fleetwood. I don't know. I'm trying to remember, but yeah, yeah. I, I I like to be in the twenty to like fifty range. I feel like ninety percent of the time when when the tournament is won, it's by somebody in that range. There's always going to be outliers. Like yep. The week Bryson won at like six to one, and then there's going to be the you know the bombs, the hundred to ones that that hit every so often. Um, so for focusing in that range, which for a second, Matthew Fitzpatrick keeps popping up in this like in this range, and I'm I'm not really sure why. Um, I don't know who's betting Matthew Fitzpatrick at 35, but people are doing it apparently. Um, and I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook for for kind of right now. Dustin okay. Johnson at 23 gets a, gets a gets a look from me for sure. Sure. Uh, Colin Morikawa at 35 uh, does a lot well. Uh, we didn't really you know get to him, but a Berkeley golfer playing in the Bay Area gonna feel yep. comfortable. Not gonna have to worry about getting friends and family on the golf course and spending time with them and doing all that kind of extra stuff with with no fans. Um, I mean, Tony I, did, I, now, I was gonna say I didn't hear you mention Tony Fino, forty-one, right? For, he's forty-five on DraftKings Sportsbook. That is oh, okay, even <laughs> even, even better. Hideki at forty-five is compelling. Like I would rather just Jason Day at forty-five, Tommy Fleet. Like, I, I I I'm not going. He, <laughs> uh, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Uh, but like, I'll do I'll do it for you, Kyle. That's my thing is I'd I'd much rather take a shot on three or four of those guys in yeah. that range than than back Brooks at eleven or back JT at nine. No, I I completely agree, and that's kind of why I was asking because um, I like you know picking picking the winner for like a season long pool. Yeah, I think you're probably going to go with like a JT or a Brooks, which makes a ton of sense, or Rory. But um, yeah, in terms of the, I, I'm always with you in terms of like 25 to 50 to one range, and um, it just makes the, the the value a little bit more. And again, I think we, I 
we understand why the odds are set the way they are, but I, I think we would agree that the upside, the winning upside is, is relatively similar from the top 20, 25 guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this week, too, I'm going to be targeting, like, like, and this is probably the case most weeks, but, like, top 10 bets, top 20 bets, those are really fun. Those give you a lot of uh, potential. And, like, this week with the loaded field, you're going to get some really good numbers. Like, Louie right now is 12 to 1 for a top 5, 6 to 1 for a top 10, or is that, yeah, the top 10. So, like, you could get some decent numbers. So, instead of betting someone like Brooks at 11, you know, bet some guys and then maybe you hit three or four of these guys inside the top 20 um, and end up making a lot more money in the long run. Yeah. No, I, 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 I love all that. Um, I can't wait to, uh, to win a million dollars. Do you have yeah. your strategy? Do you have your strategy for that? I have, I have my lineup ready to go. Uh, I'll give it to everybody. If you want to get on the million, million maker, uh, train, cause I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm willing to split it with whoever wants to get on board with me. Uh, we're going Brooks Kepka. We're going Dustin Johnson. We're going Patrick Reed. We're going Ricky Fowler. We're going Mackenzie Hughes. And we are going Cameron Champ. Congratulations, everybody. You just won a million dollars. Well, I yeah, but Kyle, you forgot a, you forgot a few things. Um, okay. Patrick Cantley, Webb Simpson. Tommy and Tony, they're back. They've made it. They've made an appearance again. Are you making it to, uh, to miss the cut parlay? Is that is that the game plan here? It's basically. <laughs> um, and then uh, Terrell Hatton and our boy, he's gonna do it, Hendrick Stenson. Nice. I don't hate it to be honest. Uh, and <laughs> by the way, like putting a little bit on all of those guys to win. I feel like there's a. I feel like you could have named the winner there with those right. six golfers, and you could you can get all those guys at like what thirty or forty to one to much more than that. Um, that was what like, I yeah. was gonna. That was what I was gonna say earlier too. Like, I want to bet the entire eight K range in the outright market, and I think I can make money. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like you put like sixty or eighty bucks on it, and you're you have a really good chance at winning. Somewhere between four and seven hundred dollars, and I, you know, that's just ten bucks on each guy. Um, and I, I think, I think you, I think some of those guys definitely have like, um, definitely have upside of, of winning the tournament. Hatton's one guy that I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth with. Um, I, I think he absolutely has the goods to win and has done well in tournaments like this. I just, I don't know, I can't, I can't quite get there with him, but. You know, we have to pick our guys, and then, uh, you know, we, we talked outright. Jordan Spieth is 70-1 to one this tournament to win this tournament. I feel like that's a bad number. Like, I feel like, okay, maybe it's not a bad number. Maybe it's a correct number, and Jordan Spieth's a guy that's usually usually in that 40-1. to one. Like, He's always priced up just because people like him. Um, so to it's, get an actual true number on Jordan Spieth, I feel like is a great value and uh, is one I will be actually probably targeting this week. That is a market inefficiency, Kyle, and it's not right, and it's offensive. And um, no, we, we we should take full advantage of it, and so should everyone listen. Uh, Jordan Speed, seventy to one. That's just you know, it's that's just common sense. So, well, hey, this was uh, this was great, and um, we'll be uh, back, win or lose, to talk about it. But of course, it's going to be a win. So, just We're just doing. like it wasn't, just like at the three M when Tommy Fleetwood missed the cut. 
So, um, yes, uh, well, good luck to you in all your endeavors and uh, in all of your other um, – I'm sure you're dabbling in uh, football, basketball, all of it now. Absolutely. And uh, if you are interested in NASCAR or sports betting, come check out the Angled Pursuit. Uh, Bobby, I've hit back-to-back winners, so I'm sure it's all downhill from here. But uh, if you want to see what we're doing over there, uh, find us on YouTube and uh, come check us out. Yes, check that out. Check out Fake Biscuit. Do it all. And we will uh, see you next week. Take care. That whole um, bet the entire 8K range outright thing, that's happening. Because that just makes too much sense. And I'm a smart person. So, or at least I think I am. I guess we'll find out. Either way, Fleetwood's going to win anyway. He's 7,700, so just include him in there as well. AK range and Tommy, okay? How about that? Maybe Tony too. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But either way, we have a major golf championship back. Um, should be a really fun, interesting weekend. Um, good luck to all of you out there. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow at SportsPodHookup on the gram, Twitter, download, subscribe, rate, review, DSRR, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, let's get it on. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time.